0: Laudato Jesus Christus. Vatican and World News.
1: In the headlines this Friday, March 1st, Pope Francis warns against dangers of gender ideology. The Pope calls for showing closeness to the vulnerable, and international pressure grows for investigation into Gaza incident that killed dozens of Palestinians seeking aid. In the Vatican, I'm Deborah Castellana Lubov. Pope Francis on Friday again spoke against gender theory, describing it as an ugly ideology of our time because it erases all distinctions between men and women. To erase this difference is to erase humanity, he said. The remarks came as he introduced his address to participants in the International Symposium Man-Woman, Image of God, Towards an Anthropology of Vocations in the Vatican. The Congress is organized by Cardinal Mark Wallet together with the Center for Research and Anthropology of Vocations, and is a follow-up to the previous 2022 symposium dedicated to the theology of the priesthood. Opening the address, the Pope said he still has a cold and had Monsignor Filippo Ciampanelli read it out for him. Lisa Zingarini reports.
2: In the prepared text, the Pope reflected on the theme of the symposium, which is aimed first of all at highlighting the anthropological dimension of every vocation indeed he remarked the life of the human being is a vocation with a relational dimension i exist and live in relation to who generated me to others and to the world around me in which i am called to embrace a specific and personal mission with joy and responsibility he said This fundamental anthropological truth is sometimes overlooked in today's cultural context where human beings tend to be reduced to their mere material needs. Yet, Pope Francis said, they are more than this. Created by God in his own image, man and woman carry within themselves a desire for eternity and happiness that God himself has planted in their hearts and that they are called to fulfil through a specific vocation. Citing the words of St John Henry Newman, Pope Francis further remarked that not only we have all been entrusted with a mission, but each and every one of us is a mission. The Pope therefore welcomed the symposium, which he said is useful to reflect on today's challenges, on the current anthropological crisis and on the need to promote human and Christian vocations concluding, Pope Francis emphasised the importance of promoting a more effective circularity of the different types of vocations in the Church so they can contribute to generating hope in today's world. Generating this hope, placing oneself at the service of the Kingdom of God to build an open and fraternal world, he said, is a mission entrusted to every woman and man of
1: our time. I am Lisa Zingarini. Pope Francis on Friday addressed a conference on vulnerability and community and invited all participants to embrace their vulnerabilities and accept those who are vulnerable, just as Jesus did and was. Francesca Merlo reports.
3: Addressing participants in the Conference on Vulnerability and Community Between Welcome and Inclusion, Pope Francis described the programme of the conference as being rich and interesting. At the centre of this conference, the Pope noted, was vulnerability, considered in all its forms. I appreciate this choice, noted the Pope, before offering some points of reflection in order to go forward in this evangelical mission. The first is that to welcome vulnerable brothers and sisters requires that I feel vulnerable and welcomed as such by Christ, because the Pope noted, if we remain in him like branches in the vine, we will bear good fruit, even in this vast field of acceptance. A second cue, the Pope continued, is that Jesus spent most of his public ministry, especially in Galilee, in contact with the poor and the sick of all kinds. This tells us that for us, vulnerability cannot be a politically correct issue or a mere organization of practices, however, good. Pope Francis invited those present to remain firmly anchored in the gospel, in Jesus, who did not teach the disciples to plan a care of the sick and the poor. It is in this way that the Holy Spirit forms men and women who become saints, explained the Pope, so that they love vulnerable people like Jesus. The third and final reflection is that in the gospel, the poor, the vulnerable are not objects, they are subjects, they are protagonists together with Jesus in the proclamation of the kingdom of God. Concluding his address, Pope Francis notes that vulnerable people encountered and welcomed with Christ's grace and style can be a gospel presence in the believing community and society. And finally, Pope Francis invited all his dear brothers and sisters present to go forth in their mission, accompanied always by Our Lady. I'm Francesca Merlo. Meanwhile,
1: international pressure is growing for a full and independent investigation into the circumstances that led to the deaths of dozens of Palestinians seeking aid from a convoy in northern Gaza. Nathan Morley reports. The
0: foreign ministers of Germany and France have demanded a full explanation of what happened in Gaza City early on Thursday morning. According to the Hamas-run health ministry, at least 112 Palestinians were killed and 760 others wounded in an Israeli attack as they were waiting for aid. An Israeli military spokesman said the troops fired in self-defence after Gazans stormed and sacked the aid trucks. A spokesman for the U.S. State Department, Matthew Miller, said it was endeavouring to find out
4: exactly what happened. When it comes to establishing facts on the ground... We are urgently seeking additional information on exactly what took place. We have been in touch with the Israeli government since early this morning and understand that an investigation is underway. We will be monitoring that investigation closely and pressing for answers.
0: Meanwhile, the UN Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, has condemned the incident and reiterated his call for an instant humanitarian ceasefire and the total release of all hostages. On Friday, the Secretary-General of the Arab League, Ahmed Abul Ghat, condemned the aid truck incident, describing a barbaric and brutal act that disregarded human lives. On Thursday, it was announced that 30,000 Palestinians in Gaza had died from Israeli attacks amid a deteriorating humanitarian crisis in the enclave. Meanwhile, ceasefire talks have resumed in Doha this week between specialists from Egypt, Qatar, the United States and Israel, as well as Hamas representatives. That's according to reports in the Egyptian media. No breakthrough has been announced, whilst the Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, has vowed to continue the military offensive. Meanwhile, Israeli politicians are facing mounting pressure due to the situation of the estimated 130 hostages who are still being held in Gaza. On Wednesday, families of those hostages embarked on a four-day march from near the Gaza Strip to Jerusalem, demanding the release of their loved ones. For Vatican Radio, this is Nathan Morley reporting.
1: Also, today marks the 25th anniversary of the Ottawa Mine Ban Treaty, or the Anti-Personnel Landmine Convention, which prohibits the development and production of anti-personnel mines. Ahead of the anniversary, during his general audience on Wednesday, Pope Francis said he is close to victims of anti-personnel mines that, he noted, continue to target civilians years after hostilities end. The Pope also expressed gratitude for those who work in demining, saying their work is a concrete response to the universal call to be peacemakers. At the forefront in the battle to demine contaminated areas is the Halo Trust, a non-governmental humanitarian organization operating in over 30 countries to clear landmines and other explosive remnants of war left behind by conflicts. Callum Peebles is head of region for Central Asia for Halo Trust, covering specifically their Afghanistan program. He spoke to Vatican Radio's Francesca Merlo describing the importance of the Ottawa Convention, as well as the reality in places in which they operate, such as Afghanistan, where entire communities continue to be threatened by these unexploded devices. That
5: convention is one of the most in history. Um, And it really marked the start of a change from what was really military mine clearance to what exists today in which the Halo Trust operates, which is humanitarian mine clearance, which is the clearance of landmines and other unexploded ordnance to support humanitarian populations who have been left behind after a conflict ends. It's a founding uh, treaty which enables the work of Halo to do what we do um, and There is plenty to do. Uh, We are now operating in over 30 countries uh, where, unfortunately, we have to continue to clear landmines and other unexploded ordnance. Mines are generally used in a military context, but HALO uh, see routinely that uh, men, women and children who are civilians um, are are often the victim uh, of landmines. In Afghanistan, there have been 3,000 civilian casualties in the last three years. Over half of them have been children. Now this is likely to be an un- unreported figure, so it is very much the case that what Halo is doing is clearing landmines in support of civilian populations. I'll give you an example: in Afghanistan, there's a huge number, millions of people who are trying to resettle in the country, and uh, and even in those areas where they're resettling, they find uh, landmines or other unexploded ordnance, the bombs, the bullets that are used during conflict. Halo is often clearing those items up in order to help people resettle. I was in Afghanistan just last week, and, and not long before that, I was visiting a school in Kandahar, the south of the country, and HALO was clearing those landmines, while at the same time, over a 1,000 children were using the school building every single day. And that is not similar to another situation in, in a clinic, where some 300 families were using the services, the maternity services, the malnutrition support, at a local clinic in Ghazni province. And that, again, was a site that had been fought over and where there were landmines which caused, I think, seven accidents in the past five years or so. So landmines themselves are a weapon of war, and the Halo Trust exists to clear them up. And what we do is we employ local communities, so we provide jobs to those individuals who might not have any uh, employment options, and we train them to conduct clearance of those items all over the world, from Afghanistan to Cambodia to Zimbabwe.
1: Also, the papal household preacher, Cardinal Cantalamesa, delivered his second Lenten sermon to Christopher Walls.
4: The preacher of the papal household, Cardinal Riniero Cantalomesa, gave his second sermon for Lent 2024 on Friday morning, focusing on Christ as the light of the world. For us today, Jesus, the light of the world, has become a believed and proclaimed truth, the Cardinal said. However, he continued, there was a time when it was not just so. Rather, it was a lived experience, as sometimes happens to us when, after a blackout, the light suddenly returns, or when, in the morning, opening the window, you are flooded with daylight. Cardinal Cantalamesa asked what the words of Jesus, I am the light of the world, mean for us here and now. The expression light of the world, he highlighted, has two fundamental meanings. The first, he said, is that Jesus is the light of the world, as he is the supreme and definitive revelation of God to humanity. The second meaning is that Jesus is the light of the world, in that he sheds light upon the world— That is, he reveals the world to itself. He shows everything in his truth for what it is before God. As he reflected on Jesus lighting the world, he went on to denounce the phenomenon of worldliness. Cardinal Cantalmesa recalled the saying attributed to Jesus in an ancient, non-canonical writing, "...if you do not fast from the world, you will not discover the kingdom of God." The Cardinal acknowledged that there are many causes of worldliness, but the main one, he said, is the crisis of faith. In the struggle against the world outside us and inside us, he said, our great comfort is that the risen Christ continues praying for us to the Father. I'm Christopher Wells.
1: And that brings us to the end of this edition of Vatican and World News. For these and other stories, please visit our webpage at www.vaticannews.va or our social platforms as well on Facebook, X, and Instagram. Many thanks to our sound engineer, Bruno Orti in the studio. In the Vatican, I'm Deborah Castellano-Lubov.